Good morning, Mike Broomhead. Hey, good morning, Jamie West, and good morning, everyone. We appreciate you spending some time with us on the show. Exciting show today, coming up just after 9 o'clock, conversation with Sonny Borelli, Arizona State Senator. We're going to talk with him about Senate Bill 1063. I know all of you have it on the tip of your tongue, but it's talking about removing the taxes on food here in the state of Arizona. It's just, And there's also a bill out there to remove rent taxes as well. So the state wants to get rid of some of the things they say that working people are paying. And so we're going to have a conversation with him about what this bill would do and the potential of it passing. And if it passes, will the governor sign it into law? So all of that is going to come up just after 9 o'clock this morning. We'll talk for as much as we can, for as much time as we can with the senator and kind of get a, a feel for what's happening here in the Arizona State Legislature. Start off this morning where you heard during the newscast and during the news expansion with Jamie West, the uh, the U.S. economy ended 2022 on a high note. This year is looking a little bit different as the economy begins to slow. The GDP at 2.9 percent, about uh, one-tenth of a percent higher than was predicted by the Dow Jones. Um, so this a couple of things just in that statement. Number one is look how accurate the Dow is or how close to the right on that they are with things. So as we see the Dow responding to what's happening now, they're making the prediction of what we are going to see in the next month and the next quarter. They're watching that and they're they're reacting accordingly. So keep your eye on that. It's a good indicator. It's one of the things, you know, I bring my political bias in here. I admit it when I come in. I try to be as fair as I can be. But there's no doubt I have a bias when I come on the air with the stories I see. What I love about watching the stock markets, whether it's the Dow or the S&P or the NASDAQ, whatever it is, is they just have one goal, and that's profit, make money, do the right thing with the investments that they're making on behalf of the American people and worldwide. So when they make a decision, it is apolitical. It has nothing to do with politics. You look at uh, the the wealthy investment funds and the people that are investing for these large companies. Um, they make money when there's Republicans in, in office, when there's Democrats in office, when things are up and things are down. This is all they do. So if you want to get a fair filter on what the economy overall looks like, that's a place I go to and look at what they're doing. What are they watching? Um, it's interesting that uh, when we've had, and we're going to have her on again soon, Kristen Bentz has joined me quite a few times. She's a retail analyst, and she has been so on the money for as long as I've known her about what's happening in the retail world. And she looks at two different ends. She calls it a bifurcated market right now, but she always is looking at the high end of things and how is luxury doing. But she also looks at the working class things and how is Walmart doing. Um, one of the warning flags for her during the holiday season was that uh, we saw places like Amazon doing layaway. You know, buy, you know, pay as you go, kind of pay over time to get your, your items. And she said, keep an eye on that. When they're catering to the working class like that and they understand that a lot of the money that comes in in huge numbers is from the working class people in America, giving them an opportunity to pay over time is something new, but watch it. And so all of these things play a role in what our economy is doing. Uh, Arizona still is faring well. We still have high inflation, but a lot of that has to do with our home values. We think some of that's tempering. And the thing I would continue to watch now are going to be fuel prices because fuel prices are on the increase. And we are seeing a lot of this has to do with China opening up because China is uh, is breaking out of its shell when it comes to COVID-19. They're, getting, they're stopping their lockdowns. They're reopening a lot of their economy. The demand Demand for fossil fuels, for heating oil, but also for diesel and for gasoline is going to go up. That is a huge economy. They make up such a huge part of the world's population. 
as they open up, like when America did, you're going to drive up demand. So will supply keep up with demand? Are we going to see the OPEC nations responding in a way that keep prices low, or do they continue to do what they've been doing? Do you remember the president said – uh, well, he did say within, without these exact words that there was going to be consequences with the OPEC nations, with the Saudis, when they decided to cut production and prices were going to go up. I don't think that that's going to happen anymore. So let's hear a little bit about the GDP. Rebecca Jarvis from ABC uh, is talking about the numbers about the GDP. Think of this as a report card on the health of our economy, and it is a passing solid grade. The economy grew in the final quarter of last year by 2.9%. That means it's cooling down from earlier, but it's still up. And one of the biggest reasons for that is the American consumer. Despite inflation, we continue to spend. And what we do have to factor in, and this is where they're looking at the first quarter of this year. We'll see what the January numbers are like. You also have to take into effect uh, into account that that a big part of that is going to be the spending for the holidays. That's a big issue here is how much of that was the holiday spending. We all spend more money during the holidays than we do in other parts of the year. Um, So let's go back. She was also talking about the other indicator about the housing market nationally. Economists are seeing some signs, however, of a breakdown, especially when they look at areas like housing. That's a booming market. It was booming earlier this year. And now, given interest rate hikes and where mortgage rates are, that market has really slowed down and is projected to continue slowing because interest rates are forecast to continue climbing. So you, most people understand that because the Fed raises interest rates, it does not have a direct correlation to mortgage rates, that mortgage rates follow a different path. They tend to go up as they have when interest rates do, but it's not an automatic, and it certainly isn't as much. We also have seen mortgage rates dip a little bit because of a slowdown in the market. So mortgage rates has actually dropped back a little bit from where they were at a higher point. So keep an eye on that with whoever you are. You know, if you're looking to buy a home, you know, whoever you're working with, make sure you're checking on those numbers. Um, and this is where the perception versus reality and perception being reality in the mind of people. If you're nervous, this is the thing. There's a two, there's when there if you remember when the home prices especially here in the valley were just at a fevered pace. The houses don't change. People's attitudes change. And the idea we better get in now. Get in now before that is out of our price range. Get in there. Let's put a price a bid in on this. Cash investors coming in and prices kept going up and up and up. And now you're seeing people say, maybe we should wait. If the house has dropped 5% or 12%, maybe it goes down another 10%. Let's wait and see what happens. Or we're nervous about our jobs. We're nervous about being able to make that payment. Do we really want to buy a house now? If the if the floor falls out of this thing, we're going to be stuck with a home that we're going to wait years for it to catch up in value. All of these things in the minds of people. But in the end, nothing changes except your attitude towards it many times. And It's hard for people to get over that hump. And I will say this like I do every time I talk about this. I am not giving financial advice. And anybody out there crazy enough to take financial advice from me, um, you know, do it at your own peril. But I'm just, you understand as well as I do that when there's that fever pitch for something versus when there's reservation and fear, all of us have felt it. 
All of us have gone out there and purchased a newer car when we get a raise at work or we have, you know, we, we, we feel comfortable and confident that we'll be able to make those payments long term. We'll, we'll spend a little more. We'll extend credit and go buy things. But if something like a home, you're talking about a 15 or a 30 year investment for most people, a pretty hefty down payment wiping out people's savings. They want to make sure that investment is growing. And even though if you think about it over the long term, it always does in that short term to find out I bought a house at X and Y is now 12, 15 percent less than what I bought it for. That's what plays with people's heads. Um, So I want you to hear a couple more things. Uh, This is Rebecca Jarvis again from ABC, a major factor in the economic growth. We continue to drive growth in this economy. Our spending accounts for about 70 percent of economic activity. And despite inflation, we continue to spend. So that was what was happening during the holidays. Watch what happens in January. Now, remember that this is an intentional slowing of the economy. The balancing act that this administration, like anyone that's ever done it in the past, is you raise interest rates to slow down the economy without driving the economy into a recession. That is what they have to do. Um, and, and that's as interesting as that sounds or as easy as that sounds to people. It's not. And once you it's much harder to climb out of that hole than it is to get into a hole. Um, so here's a little bit of what this means. Uh, this is Alexis Christopher uh, uh, is from ABC talking about the Fed. I think the big takeaway here is that this report gives us some hope that maybe we can achieve that soft landing. We keep talking about that the Federal Reserve will be able to keep raising interest rates to slow the economy enough to bring prices down, but not so much that it pushes us into recession. Exactly right. And again, I, you know, uh, listen to the show. If you're a first time listener, it's not going to take you long to figure out where I stand politically and economically and where my policies in my mind are what I think is best. I don't agree with the policies of this administration. I never have. I didn't vote for Joe Biden. Um, and But I will say to you, I want them to be successful. I want this to work. I want this to work because I don't want to see the American people fail. I don't want to see big and small businesses fail. I don't want to see people that have spent the better part of the last four years or plus have been, uh, been the ones that dictate a lot with their wages because it's been a seller's market. That if you're someone looking for a job, you can kind of dictate what you want within reason. I don't want to see people fighting over jobs again. So I want this to work. And we'll see. We will see based on what January, February, March, that first quarter of the year, we'll we'll see how this all plays out and what's going to happen going into mid and the end of 2023. Coming up in a moment, we are going to talk about the governor. She has created an independent prison oversight committee. Why'd she do it? What's it mean? And what will it accomplish? We'll talk about that coming up in a moment. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much. Appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. Uh, important things happening in the state of Arizona. Uh, another executive order from our governor. And speaking of the government here in Arizona, uh, Arizona State Senator Sonny Borelli will join us just after 9 o'clock. Conversation about the possibility of eliminating some taxes here in Arizona, uh, namely the food tax uh, also uh, possible. We talked to him also about other issues like getting rid of rental tax, but especially the food tax. We're going to talk with him about that. Uh, we'll talk about the AEL if we have time.
time, all of the things we can, the, pre- the the border plan from the governor and kind of the relationship that's happening now with the regime change. We've now got a Democratic governor as opposed to the eight past eight years of Governor Ducey. And then b- before that, it was Governor Brewer. We now have changed parties and leadership in the governor's office. But it is still a very it is the most powerful um, branch of our government is the legislative branch. And we'll see how that relationship is working. So we'll talk with the senator coming up just after nine. The governor, with an executive order, has created an independent prison oversight commission. And you heard uh, during the newscast with, with Taylor Kinnerup that we were uh, here on KTAR News. The quote from the governor is that that uh, inmates should be treated humane. Incarcerated people should be tr- treated humanely. I agree with her. I don't think anybody should be tortured. I don't think that's the case at all. Is there a need for better oversight in our prisons? I would say for everybody involved. There is. Um, I don't want to see inhumane treatment of any human being. We're better than that. Um, I don't want to say that because you've been convicted of a crime, you should be treated horribly. You shouldn't. Um, What I am concerned about, and one of the things that the governor did allude to, and I was happy that she said it, is that people that work in the prison system should feel safe in their work environment. This is somewhere else when it comes to law enforcement, um, and I don't think it's done disrespectfully or intentionally, but when we talk about or when we think about law enforcement, we don't think about the law enforcement inside these facilities, whether it's jails or prisons. And we really ought to. Uh, again, the only insight I have into this real insight into this uh, is a, from a family is my brother um, was a was a corrections officer out in what was called SMU2 or the special management unit out at uh, out in Florence for years. My brother worked for the Department of Corrections uh, from two from 1994 until 2000 when he reenlisted in the military. And you know how that story goes. But my brother did work in the prison system, and we lived together for a long time. So I remember my brother bringing stories home of what they did. And I'll be honest, as much as I do respect what they do, and I don't know, that that is a tough job, man. You are you are certainly outnumbered, without a doubt. You are outnumbered. Um, you don't carry lethal force with you. You've got to have a very good set of communication skills. You've got to be very observant to what's going on around you, um, that inmates can be violent. And a lot of times the violence is because of the situation for an inmate. Um, Inmates, when they're in trouble within the inmate community, when uh, you find out that someone's after you, there are a lot of times in order for an inmate to stay safe, they want to get put in solitary confinement. So they will attack an officer. Um, it's gross. I don't want to ruin your breakfast, but um, they mix uh, urine or or feces and they throw it at officers. They spit. They do some kind of a violent, assaultive act toward an officer in order to be put in a safe place. Um, how the doors lock or don't lock. You know, everything in a prison is done where the door in front of you doesn't unlock until the door behind you is closed and locked. And this kind of weird system is the way that they control inmate movement because they are so outnumbered within the facilities. But they're also a dramatically understaffed and a dramatically under uh, uh, underpaid profession. There's no doubt about that. And so in, unless you have enough people to keep the facilities safe, you are going to see 
criminal behavior explode. When you look in, we've heard recently about the jail system in Maricopa County, but in the prison system, the drugs that are being brought into prisons, um, you've got uh, corrections officers. Unfortunately, some of them have gone over to the dark side and have are bringing some of these things in either by intimidation or for profit. They're making a lot more money than they would as a corrections officer to violate their oath and bring drugs into a facility. Uh, we've got you know guests that bring it in. There's ways that it's it's smuggled into prisons, and you've got overdoses in the Arizona State Prison System. So there are a lot of things here that need to be looked at. There's no doubt about that, that this is not necessarily a bad idea. Who is going to be on this is a question for everyone. What will they find? And what can be done? We, a judge has stepped in and said that the medical system, the medical care system for inmates has got to change. Um, you know, I, I have a, I have mixed feelings, and I admit that I have mixed feelings because I will say to you, one has nothing to do directly with the other, but we all have those things that pop into our mind, and here's what pops into mind. We have inmates that get three hots in a cot. They live in a climate-controlled environment. They eat three meals a day. They have medical care provided for them. They have uh, mental health counseling provided for them, and I'm not begrudging them that, but we are focused on this system to make sure that they get adequate care. As you and I speak, we've got veterans that sleep under a bridge. Now, I know one is nothing to do with the other, but that's where my mind goes. That here we have an event where volunteers will show up um, out at the Coliseum and, you know, the Madhouse on McDowell. And they will have the stand down where it gives veterans an opportunity that are homeless to get back on their feet to help with some of their legal stuff that's going on. And they can get a you know a medical checkup and clothes and a shave and a shower and and try to get them back toward being mainstreamed. And so I'm not I'm only saying this because as we have the conversation about inmates, I know there are a lot of people that listen that say, well, what about? And I agree with you. One has nothing to do with the other in reality. But that what about why? Why not the focus there? Well, I would say fairly, why not the focus on both? Why are we not focused on both? Why are we not making sure that inmates have what you know the law requires them to have? We're not talking about torturing people. But at the same time, let's put the same kind of emphasis and expenditure of energy and funds to doing the other. And, and so that's, you know, again, that's where my mind went when I at when this story came out. And I'm sure for a lot of people, the same thing happened. Coming up in a moment, Gatos is going to join me. It's our big Q poll question of the day. And just after nine o'clock, we have a Senator Sonny Borelli from the Arizona State Legislature joining us. So that's all coming up in the next few moments. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Thinking of building a chicken coop. No, you're not. Well, listen, egg prices what you, are what out you, of... You know what that would be like if you guys did that at your place? What? Knowing what? you and your wife. It yeah. would be like going the next generation of Green Acres. Is that so? Yes, it would be. I don't know what Green Acres is. You never saw the TV show Green Acres when you were no, a kid? I never saw. I heard of it, See, but I don't know what I'm it is. Such a, I'm such a redneck. <laughs> I am such a redneck. Zsa, Zsa Gabor was the very, very pretty but very city girl, didn't want anything to do with the farm life, and her husband moved her out to the farm, and it was just a comedy about this couple from the city that were living in the farm country. I, go- I Googled it. It was on in 1965. Yep. I went around then. Uh, I think the six- lead was Eddie Arnold, I think was his name, was the lead actor. Six seasons. Yep. 
It looks pretty boring to me. I'm looking at some pictures. Listen, man, I, remember when I was a kid, we had three channels, so we didn't have a whole lot to choose from. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. Ch- I think I'm gonna build. Uh, I'm gonna build one of these. Well, eggs are. T- you know, prices have gone through the roof. They have. You know, uh, that's my cue. Uh, egg uh, prices have gone through the roof. Some Valley residents are building chicken coops. And they're raising chickens in their backyard, and I just ask, uh, you know, would you consider doing this? You know what's interesting? I would consider doing it, and it would be fun, I think, for me. My problem is Mm -hmm. I'm afraid that my neighbors would kill me. Yeah. Well, and that's the only way you're going to get a chick. (laughs) That took me half a second. That was a good shot. That was a really good shot. I wrote it down. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to deliver it the right, the, the, the oh, perfect time. That was good. So I just let you go, and, and I, I, I literally wrote it down. I'm you, like, when, when can I, when can I bring this up? You gave me the rope, and I hung myself. Good for it was you, beautiful. man. I, I walked right in. I walked right into it. Oh, it was like stepping yeah. on a rake. I just, Boy, whack, it hit me. You just threw me. Oh. The, you lobbed me a big ball right that over the plate. Was so good. It was awesome. Oh my gosh. Uh, I've also decided during this conversation. I'm not going to build one of these things okay. uh, because uh, I don't know how to do it. Uh, I'd probably hurt myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chickens would die. Well, if they die, then I get to eat them. That's pretty good. That's true. Right? Uh, and I don't want to reach under anything and take an egg. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I love eggs, but I don't want to see where they come from. Uh, no. I, 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 I always thought I mean, they came I know from where, the grocery store. I know where they come from. I just don't want to see it. I thought they always came from the grocery oh, store. So, so you know. good. Yeah, I'm not doing it. So uh, be, be, I'm okay. I, I, don't worry. I'll just pay the. I'll pay the eight bucks. Oh my gosh, you're I'll hilarious. Skip it. Yeah, Gatos, uh, good job this morning. You okay. had me laughing hysterically, and I'll, I'll be listening this afternoon. All right, I'll see you. Thanks, man. That's Gatos. The BQ poll question today is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Go over to ktar.com. You can weigh in on the questions, see how other people voted. Interesting question today. Would you? Would you? Given the opportunity, build a chicken coop. Coming up just after nine o'clock, um, Arizona State. Senator Sonny Borelli will join us. It is Senate Bill 1063, uh, food municipal tax exemption. Is this a good idea for the state to do this, or will it hurt cities? We'll have that conversation in a moment.